Alright, no, I want you to notice the first verse there in Romans chapter 6. It says, And what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So right there, uh, those last two verses we just read there, those have been our uh, kind of our monthly memory verse we've been looking at for the last uh, few weeks. And of course we're doing that because this is the month where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the most important event in all of human history. The greatest victory in all of human history, the greatest comeback that there's ever been. I mean, Jesus Christ came back from death. He suffered that horrible death on the cross. But you know what? That death on the cross, it didn't, it couldn't hold Him. That grave couldn't hold Him. Three days later, He rose again from the dead and we're still celebrating to this day and rightfully so because it is the resurrection of Christ that gives us hope. We have the hope of eternal life. We can know for sure that we are saved. We know Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for our sins. We also know that one of these days we're going we're gonna to physically die, but you know what? We don't have to worry about that being the end for us because just like Jesus said that He was going to die and He was going to rise from the dead, and He did. He fulfilled that promise. He also said one of these days we're going to rise from the dead. And you know what? If He kept the first promise, I'm pretty sure He's going to keep the second promise. And the truth is, the Bible is full of promises that God has already kept, and there is no reason for us to doubt the promise of the resurrection that is to come. But what I want to talk about this morning, I want to talk about the new, this newness of life. Because notice there in verse 4, how he said that like as Christ was raised up from the dead. Okay, He's making a comparison here. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, just like Jesus Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. He said, even so we also should walk in newness of life. There is something that the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we're looking back on is supposed to be teaching us. There's something that God wants all of us to see when we look in there and He wants it to motivate us to do some things in our life. And so, this newness of life, what does that look like? What does it mean to walk in newness of life? Often you'll hear people take phrases from the Bible and they'll say, you know, you're not walking in newness of life or they'll make what sounds like kind of a general statement saying you're not doing what the Bible says, but they never really like to define things from the Bible and show what it actually means uh, you know, to do that. And so what does it mean? What does it look like when somebody is walking in newness of life? We're supposed to do that. If you're saved today, if you're somebody and you're here today celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there's something that God wants you to learn from it and He wants you to learn to walk in newness of life. So you need to know how to do that. So what does that mean? What does it look like walking in newness of life? Well, look at verse 5 of Romans chapter 6. It says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Okay. Now this is in the future here. Okay. Right now, you and I, we are not a perfect mirror image of Jesus Christ. Are we not? Okay. I hope nobody in here says, you know what, I do think that I uh, represent Him very well. 
Uh, I regularly get mistaken for being Jesus. Uh, I, you know, I regularly have people think I'm perfect. Um, I've been put on trial before and people say I can find no fault in them. No. Hey, we all can find fault in each other, can't we? Alright? And everybody can find fault in you. None of you in here are Jesus yet, okay? But, if you're saved today, you are going to be like Him one of these days. That is coming, okay? And we'll see more verses on that in a little while. But he says this, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And he had said in the beginning of this chapter, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. As believers today, we believe that we have eternal security. We believe that our salvation is secure. It's not going anywhere. We can't lose our salvation. And people will often hear that and they'll think, well, if I believe that, then I would just go and I would do all kinds of wicked stuff. And you know what? And what he's saying right here, he's saying, hey, should we do that? Should we take advantage of the grace of God? God forbid. You know, God forbid that someone would take advantage like that. It would be like if you got yourself into a really nasty financial bind, maybe because, let's say, gambling. Let's say somebody in here, you got in trouble from gambling, you were gambling all your money away, you got yourself in debt, you were about to lose everything, and then somebody comes along and says, listen, you know, I, I see that you're sorry about this gambling, you realize it was wrong, and you know what? I'm going to take care of your debts for you. I'm going to help you out financially. And they get you back on your feet. They give you some money to, to take care of things. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, my debt's been taken care of. Now I have money in my pocket. I'm going back to the casino. All right? That would be a terrible, terrible thing to do. Okay? Now you could potentially do that, but that would be a terrible, terrible thing to do. And it's a terrible thing for us as believers just because our sins have been forgiven, just because they've been cleansed, for us to just be like, you know what? Yeah, Jesus paid for my sins. I'm good. I'm secure. I'm going to go live like the devil. Shame on you if you do something like that. And you just need to understand while you can't lose your salvation, you are a child of God. And for whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. You won't go to hell, but you will suffer His wrath on this earth if you're not, if, if you don't watch it. So don't do that, okay? We're supposed, we're going to be like Him someday. And we ought to be acting like Him. We're not supposed to serve sin. He said, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. That's something that's to come. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died unto sin once. But in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now notice this, alright? You know, we don't use the word reckon that much anymore unless you're a southerner like myself. Alright? And I'm not a southerner either. I just try to make people think I am. But, uh, we don't use that. But when he's saying, what well, I want you to reckon yourselves this way. He's saying, you need to consider yourself as someone who is dead to sin. Alright? Now that doesn't mean you think in your mind, you know what? I, I'm incapable of sin. I'm capable of living a perfect life. Okay, Nobody thinks that. And, and the Paul right here, he's not telling the people to think that. But here's the mindset that you should have. All right? This is how you should be thinking in your mind. When it comes to sin, you ought to have the attitude, I don't have to do it. You ought to have the attitude that, you know what, just like Jesus Christ 
never sin. Just like He defeated sin, you know what? I can defeat sin too because I have Christ within me. You ought to have this attitude and this mindset that you know what? It can't tell me what to do. There are many people today they are involved in deep sin. Maybe they're an alcoholic. Maybe they're a drug addict. And their attitude is, I'm an alcoholic. I can't help it. And so even though they know it's bad, they're going to go right to the store and they're going to go to that shelf where they're going to go pay money to buy their disease that they have. And they're going to go and just drink even more. It's like, I can't help it. I'm an alcoholic. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. But did you know that even if you're saved today, we're made out of the same flesh as the alcoholic. Alright? But a saved person ought to have a different mindset. A saved person, when they see that disease there sitting on the shelf that you can, that you have to purchase, they ought to be able to say, you know what? I don't have to do that. Yeah, I might be tempted to do some of these things. I might have a desire to do some of these things. But you know what? I don't have to do them. I have Christ in me. I've got the Holy Spirit. He can give me the strength to say no to those things. He can help me do the right thing. That ought to be our mindset. And so he says in verse 12, "...let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof." Our flesh still desires some things that it shouldn't. Our flesh still wants some things that are bad, even if you're saved. And he says, "...neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God." as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. My body can be an instrument of good, but it can, it can still be an instrument of bad too. I can use my hands to do good things to help other people to do good work, but I can also use my hand as a fist and I can punch somebody in the nose. All right? I have that ability to do that, but I shouldn't do that. All right? I used to try to tell my parents you know, when my sisters would do something to me. You know, I'd tell them, listen, they were picking on me, they were bugging me, and I, I, I had to push them. You know, I, I had to pull their hair. I couldn't help it. There was nothing I could do about it. You know, I had this disease. You know, my parents never fell for that, and I still got spanked for whatever it was I did. You know, because the truth is, they knew I didn't have to do it. I yielded my members as instruments of unrighteousness. But they had it coming, all right? but but you know it, it was it was still wrong, all right. It was still wrong, even if they deserved it. And so it says in verse fifteen, "What then shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid." Once again, just because I am no longer held accountable to what the law says in my spirit, in other words, I'm going to go to heaven no matter what, even though I've broken some of God's laws and I will break some in the future. It would be wrong for me to take advantage of that. He says, "Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sins, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness." So right here we see kind of some examples, I believe, of what it looks like when we're walking in the newness of life. We're no longer living in bondage to sin. We now have options. We now have freedom. We're actually getting victory over our sin. And so what I personally believe that it means to, or what it looks like to walk in newness of life, something that we're supposed to learn from the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one, it means our life will be a testimony of victory. Okay, now I want you to think about this before. Have you ever watched a ball game where you know the your team was losing big time, but yet they made the comeback 
And it just, it just changed everything. You know, you had the other fans. They were in the stands. They're all relaxed. They're all laughing, thinking our team's got it. You're over there biting your nails and maybe even pretty, feeling pretty hopeless. But boy, then all of a sudden, just things change. All of a sudden, your team ends up getting the momentum. They start making a comeback and you just watch the expressions change on the other people's face. You see the worry now on their face. Now you're the one that's excited. They're the one biting your nails. Your team ends up winning and you just see the look of disappointment. You know what? I know it might be wrong, but it's a great feeling, isn't it? When your team ends up coming back and you see the disappointment on the other people's face. Now think about this. There was no greater comeback than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When He was on the cross, the Bible teaches that people were going by wagging their heads, spitting on Him, the Bible says. They mocked Him. He saved others, but He can't save Himself. They said while He was on the cross, if you really are the Christ, come down off the cross. Save yourself. These people are mocking Him. They're scorning Him. Just being, He's being ridiculed before they put Him on the cross. In mocking Him, they gave Him a crown of thorns that they placed on His head. They took a reed and smote Him over the head with it. They're sailing, saying, Hail to the King of the Jews as a way of mocking Him. And here you've got His disciples. Here you've got His team, most of them hiding. And then the followers of Jesus Christ, there they are. They're at the cross. They're weeping. They're crying. They're sad at what's going on. Not realizing what's happening. We see that He actually dies. Okay, Now that's, that's as defeated as you can get right there. That's as far behind as you can get right there. He's dead. They put Him in a tomb. They seal up the tomb. He's dead for three days. But folks, can you imagine the faces of the opposition when they found out the third day that He rose from the dead. There is no bigger, bigger comeback than that. I mean, think about what it must have looked like when Jesus Christ was walking the earth to the opposition. The people who had killed Him before. Here He is walking the earth like nothing ever happened. He did still have the holes in His hands and in His side so He, could, he would be recognized. But here He is even though he had died, even though he had been dead for three days, he's walking the earth and he's doing just fine. Not only, not only did he walk the earth, but then after 40 days, he then ascended up to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. And you know what? He's not done with, he's not done with his victory walk yet, folks. The Bible says one of these days he's going to come back. The Bible says, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth shall mourn because of Him. He's going to come back one of these days. He's going to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. There is no greater comeback story than that. There is no greater Cinderella story than that. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, that, my friends, is all about victory. And the Bible says, as saved people today, that we have been buried with Him in baptism. And like as Christ was raised up from the dead to the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So what does that mean? Alright, what does that mean? It means that, you know, we don't have to be, we can make a comeback from a life of sin. We can make a, a comeback from a life of drunkenness. There are many people that are out there and there are people in here today. At one time, people probably looked at you and said you'll never amount to anything. You'll never accomplish anything. You might have been sitting in a jail. You might have been sitting in a rehab facility or something like that. 
But you know what? God got a hold of your life. You ended up getting saved. You made a comeback. Now nobody would ever even know that you, you were involved in those things. Nobody would ever know that you at one time were a drunk and that your life was a wreck. Nobody would ever know that maybe there was a time in your life when you were suicidal, you were about ready to just give it all up and end it. Nobody would ever know that. You know why? Because you got saved. You're now being obedient to God on purpose. You're walking in the newness of life and nobody can ever tell that you were what you were before. Okay? When Jesus was walking the earth, people didn't know who He was. They never thought that just a day ago He was dead. Nobody would have thought that about Him. And there are many people today, even sitting in this church, that we would, it would blow our mind if we knew what you were doing at one time. You know, I, I like I, we talk we call them BC pictures before Christ. I always like seeing the pictures of people here before Christ, before they got saved, and you see the looks that some of them had. You see how you know some people are pretty you know, kind of scary looking uh, at one time, but you know what? They're walking in the newness of life now. They don't look that way anymore. They've changed. They're not doing the things that they used to do. And we as Christians, we have that ability to do that. And when we see the resurrection of Christ, when we see what He came back from, you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to look at that and say, you know what? I don't have to be defeated by gambling. I don't have to be defeated by alcohol. I don't have to be defeated by sin and all these things. I can overcome those things just like Jesus Christ overcame. And listen, you're not supposed to come back from some of these things, you know, according to the world. You're not supposed to come back from them, but we can if you will, if you'll do the right thing, if you'll follow after Christ. And so many people today too, and you know, thank God for you know, in my in my testimony. I was blessed to be saved at a very young age. I was blessed to be raised to follow the principles of the Bible and to follow the commands of God. I never got involved in any of those things. But you know, because of that, I have a freedom right now that many people don't have. Okay, For example, there are many people who are drunks, that are gamblers, that are all these things that are just destroying people that feel like they can't get out of it. All right? And I believe they could if they get saved, but they, they feel like they're stuck. It's a battle. It's hard. Me... I, I'm not even trying to not do those things. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a temptation. It's not something that I have to struggle with. And that's one of the reasons you want to try to get your kids saved at a young age. That's why you want to try to uh, train them on these things early. But here's the thing, though. I have more. They think they that I'm in bondage because I can't do those things. But they don't realize. No, I actually could do those things. If I wanted, I could go get drunk tomorrow. But I can also stay sober easier than they can. If I wanted, I could go gamble all my money away tomorrow. I'd go to the casino. I wouldn't know what I was doing there. I'd lose all my money so fast. I could win and I wouldn't know. Alright? I don't even know how to play cards or anything like that. I, I, they could, I could have the best hand ever and they could be like, no, nope, you lost and, man, I knew I shouldn't have done this. I, I wouldn't know. Okay? I could go do all those things tomorrow, but you know, most of them can't do what I do. Why? Because they're not walking in that newness of life. Christians, we do have the ability to sin. We can sin if we yield our members as service to unrighteousness, but we have to yield. We are allowing these things. The sin that comes in our life is not something that just happened to us, something we couldn't control. We allowed it to happen to us. We invited these things in. And so tomorrow, I could live just like the rest of the world, really just by giving up. Just, you know, just by giving up, I could do what they do, but they couldn't do what I'm doing tomorrow. It would be a major, major battle for them. 
And that's because I've been blessed to have been being able to walk in victory for many years. That's not because of me. It's because of Jesus Christ. And our testimony should be a testimony of victory. Our testimony ought to be one who, you know, we either never did do those things or we're somebody, we did do those things, but you know what? We got out of it. And we're not looking back. And we're not going to do those things again. Jesus Christ gave us that ability. And so it also, walking in the newness of life, it also means our life will be a testimony of hope. Now, I want you, I really want you to get this and I want you to understand this because there's, uh, sometimes, you know, people just kind of get the wrong idea in their head about why we do things the way we do, why we live the way we live. But it says in verse 5 of Romans chapter 6, it says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. So, once again, I do not have that body that's like Christ yet. Okay? I, I don't have it. Alright? But, I'm going to have it someday. One of these days, I will be, uh, I will be just like Christ. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2, okay? It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Alright? So, once again, I am not the perfect picture of Jesus Christ right now. But I will be one of these days. If you're saved today, one of these days, you will be just like Christ when you see Him. That is a fact. That cannot be changed. You will have a glorified body like Jesus Christ one of these days. But, so here's what we're supposed to do when we walk in the newness of life. While none of us in here claim to be the perfect picture of Jesus Christ, our life, our testimony, ought to be one that shows that we have the hope of being like Christ. All right. So what does that mean? What does that look like? All right. Now, when I was a kid, I was a big Cub fan. All right. Do we have any Cub fans in here? All right. Okay. We got. What is wrong with our church? All right. We don't have enough, we don't have very many Cub fans. All right. But you know, that, no, that's fine. But listen. Uh, you know, I used to think I might play for the Cubs one of these. You know, I, I thought I, I thought I had a chance. All right, I, I I did. That went through my head at one time. I never even came close. All right, but you know, as, as a kid, I thought I could probably play pay for the Cubs one of these days. I could hit the baseball farther than most of my friends. It was a better catch, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? A child who has that hope of playing for the Cubs, you know what? You know what he does, and you know what I did? I wore Cubs clothes. I wore Cubs clothes all the time. I had I, I wore Cubs everything. I had one of those cool Cubs jackets that was like it was like fifty bucks. I remember that was like a big birthday present I got. I was thrilled to death with that jacket. You know, I, I, I had the Cubs hat. I had Cubs everything. I've still got all my baseball cards. I've got probably the biggest Ryan Sandberg collection of baseball cards that you've ever seen. I've got over three hundred of them, and I dare any of you to beat that. All right? And if you have more than me. I want to buy some from you so I can outdo you. No, but <laughs> I haven't bought any years. I still have. I still have all of them. All right. Now, you know, why did I do all that? Okay. Why did I practice baseball like I did? I used to think, you know what? I want to do. I want to. I want to play baseball one of these days. I mean, this time of year was my favorite time of year when it's just getting nice. I could get outside, play baseball. The uh, baseball games would start. I would watch those. I would watch those Cubs games. 
I would watch how they played. I would watch what they do. For some reason, when I would go outside and I'd be playing baseball with myself, I'd spit a lot. That was just something that, that's what the other baseball players did. You know, Ryan Sandberg was my favorite player. You know, I, I, you know, I had a Ryan Sandberg glove. I had, um, I, I never did get the one Ryan Sandberg glove I wanted. It was really expensive, but it was the coolest glove ever. It was like 50 bucks at Walmart. By the time I got 50 bucks, it was gone. I, I never did get it. But I tried to play like he did. I tried to throw like he did. I tried to uh, stand and hold the baseball bat like he did. Why? Because I had the hope that maybe someday I will, I will play on the Cubs. I will be like these guys. And you know what I never did do? I never did wear a Cardinals shirt. I never, I never dressed like the other teams did. You know, I didn't, I didn't follow the, the opposition or anything like that. I patterned what I did after the guys that I wanted to be like. Now, I never was a Ryan Sandberg. I never was like those guys at all, but I tried, all right? I did the best I could because I had the slight hope that maybe one day I would be able to do that. Well, listen, a true believer who's trying to you know, look like a Christian, act like a Christian, we're not saying that we're better than everyone else. But what we are saying is Jesus Christ is better than everyone else. What we're doing when we try to act a certain way, while we try to live a certain way, what we're just doing is we don't, hey, one of these days, we're going to be like Christ, and I'm just trying to see if I can't get there now. The Bible says, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. I don't want to just, I don't want to just sit around and just wait for it and just, you know, have him do it all now. God wants us to try to do some of these things ourselves. He wants us to sanctify ourselves. And a Christian that's going to church and that's, you know, that's being a witness, all of these things, it's not a testimony that we're better than everybody else. It's a testimony that we're just trying to be like Christ. Yeah, I don't cuss. Why not? Well, Jesus doesn't cuss. So I'm not going to cuss either. You know? You know why don't why don't you go and you know beat people up when they get out of line? You know, I, I don't see Jesus doing that. All right. Now we want to sometimes. These things go against our nature. We want to do all this bad stuff, but we try to hold ourselves back because we're like, you know, this is not what Jesus would do. Okay. Another way to look at it too. You know, if you know, I'm a child of the '90s, I guess. Okay. In the '90s, I was never very good at basketball. Right? I just I never had any basketball skills. I was too short. I uh, just I was never very good at that. But the guys that I knew that you know had the dreams of being the next basketball player, you know Michael Jordan was the guy they looked to back then. And you know what guys did who liked Michael Jordan? They ate Wheaties, you know, they drank Gatorade, they wore Nikes, they wore Hanes, you know, they they why? Cuz that's what Michael Jordan did. Cuz your attitude was, "Hey, if I want to get to where Michael Jordan's at, I need to do what Michael Jordan does," right? That, if you have that hope, that's what you're going to do. Well, if we have the hope that we're going to be like Christ one of these days, we're going to do the things that Jesus Christ does. Even if we've messed up. Even if we've failed in many areas. You know, while we've failed and while we've done some pretty bad stuff, you know what? We've never been completely dead like Jesus Christ was. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But listen, if Jesus Christ came back from the death, we can come back from a bad habit. If Jesus Christ came back from the dead, you know, we can get some victory in our lives. We can at least have a happy life. We can at least be a good husband, be a good father, be a good example. We can do those things even if we've messed up. 
And so that person who has that hope and that desire to be like Christ, they're just going to do what He did. All right? why, why are we trying to come back? Why don't you just give up? Jesus didn't give up when He was in the grave. Jesus didn't give up when He was hanging on the cross. He could have come off that cross. Jesus could have come off that cross and He could have killed all those people. And you know what? That guy that's messing you with you at work, you could probably beat the snot out of him. But you know what? Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And just like Jesus was able to keep Himself under control and do the right thing, you know what? I guess I can do that too. Christ is in me. And so that Christian who's walking the newness of life, they're doing what He did just because they have the hope that they are going to be like Him one of these days. It should be our goal that when Jesus Christ returns and when we see Him and He changes our body and He's going to change all of us, our goal should be for Him to have to make as little change as possible. That should be our goal. We're all going to get changed, but it ought to be a goal that it's as little as possible. And so, this walking in the newness of life, it also means our life will be a testimony of comebacks. In verse 8, it says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over Him, for in that He died, He died unto sin once, but in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. So our life's not going to be perfect. You are still going to have your defeats. You're going to mess up. But we will have the ability to come back from those things. We have that, we have that power just like Jesus. He died on the cross in shame, but you know what? He came back from that. Okay? We will never face anything greater than what Jesus Christ faced on the cross. We will never sink any lower than He had to sink. Okay, that will we'll never go any farther than that. But yet, Jesus Christ came back from that and He has given us the ability to come back from things. When we're defeated, it's because we yielded to the enemy. Let not sin therefore reign your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Obey it. Okay, We listen to it. We let it tell us what to do. It's amazing how many people today... <clears throat> They act like they've got all this independence. They act like they're so tough. And they act like nobody can tell them what to do. But you know what? Their own stomach tells them what to do all the time. I'm going to go on a diet this year and I'm going to lose all this weight and I'm going to eat right. No, you're not. You're going to let your stomach tell you what to do. You're going to let your flesh tell you. I'm giving up the sweets. Your flesh. Nope, that little, that little noise that your stomach makes. It controls everything that you do. You know, that little craving that you get controls everything you do. I think that's one of the reasons we ought to fast as Christians every once in a while, just to help us get some victory over the flesh. Most of us, we, we can't survive one day without food. Why? It's not because of, it's not going to kill any of us to go a day without eating, but all of us think it will. You know, because, why? Because we are just so sold out to the flesh, we ought to be able, we ought to be able to win these things, but we do. We yield to these things. We let every little thing tell us what to do. We will let our boss get us out of the will of God just because he just dangles a little bit more money in front of us. We, we let pieces of paper with dead presidents tell us what to do. We let those things boss us around and cause us to disobey God. We yield to these things. We allow them, you know, we allow them authority in our life. 
We let those things of this world, possessions, cars, house, whatever, we let those things tell us what to do. As Christians, that should not be the case. We should not let those things rule us. We should not let those things be the boss in our life. We ought to be able to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing. I don't care what you know everybody else says. I don't care what my family says. I don't care you know I don't care what my own flesh says. I'm going to do the right thing. Some people today they can't do the will of God. Some men today who I mean I mean they they might be big strong macho looking guys, but they can't do the right thing cuz there's they don't let their mother-in-law tell them what to do. Okay? You think I'm going to let me my mother-in-law tell me what to do? All right? You're crazy. All right? But some people will. And it's not so much they're scared of their mother-in-law, it's just her daughter that they're really scared of. The one that they're married to, you know. Don't you dare make my mom mad, you know. And, and so they do. I mean, they let all these things control them. Folks, we as Christians, we ought to be walking in that newness of life. That means we're victorious. That means we do the right, we can do the right thing no matter what. We're not letting people tell us what to do. We actually are independent. We actually do enjoy freedom in our life. And so Jesus, he could have, he could have come off the cross any time, but he didn't. Why? Because we needed him to suffer there. We needed him there in our place. And because we have Christ in us, we have the ability to get victory over everything that comes our way. And if we get defeated, it's because we chose defeat. Okay? Whatever it is that you are struggling with, whatever sin it is in your life that you're struggling with, if you're a believer today, if you do, if you mess up again this week, it's because you chose defeat. Alright? You chose, you chose defeat. You said, I'm going to let this thing win. I am going to let a drink tell me what to do. I'm going to let a pill tell me what to do. I mean, we do. We let all these things just control our lives. And as believers, we shouldn't do that. We are supposed to be walking in newness of life. It doesn't mean we never had anything bad in our past. It doesn't mean Jesus... You know what he had in his past when he was walking the earth those 40 days? He had him hanging on a cross in shame, being spit on, being mocked. He had all those things in his past, but you know what? He didn't care. He moved on. He did the right thing. He made a comeback that we still haven't seen the end of yet. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this, that was the greatest victory in all of history. And if you are saved today, you should be about victory. You should be somebody who's getting victory in your life. You might have defeats in your past, but you know what? You can have victory now. And if you're defeated, it's because you rejected you you rejected victory and you accepted defeat. You embraced defeat. It says in verse 19 of Romans 6, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness, unto holiness. Okay? Our flesh, this body that we're made out of, it's never going to want to do the right thing, folks. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I wish I could be like this person. You know, they don't even struggle with sin. Everybody struggles with sin. We're all made out of the same flesh that you are made out of, it's just some have decided to yield their members, servants to righteousness, unto holiness. It says, for when ye were servants of sin, talking about before we were saved, it says, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? 
For the end of those things is death. Listen, everybody here probably has things from their past that they're ashamed of. You all probably have some pictures that you're hoping don't surface. Some BC pictures that you're hoping that people don't see. Those are things that you're now ashamed of. Why? Because the end of those things are death. Because okay? that's where sin leads. Sin always leads to death. It says, but now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. And then I love this verse here. It says, for the wages of sin is death. All that bad that you did, all that time, those times you yielded to your flesh, do you know what you ultimately earned from that? Death. That's what you earned. And when the Bible talks about death, it's not just talking about going to the grave. It's talking about going to hell. The wages of your sin is death. That's what you accomplished. That's what you earned from giving in to your flesh. The things we're ashamed of, you earned death. But you know what? It says in the next part, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Turns out, the way to, you know, the way to heaven, it's not through what we've earned. It's actually through a free gift. You don't earn a gift, folks. And so, when you see somebody who's living a life they're trying to be like Christ, okay, hopefully they're not doing it so they can go to heaven. okay? Because salvation is a free gift. You know what they're doing it? They've learned from that resurrection of Jesus Christ. They learned that He gave them the victory through His death, burial, and resurrection. And you know what they're doing? They're just trying to live a victorious life. They know, hey, those things that I'm ashamed of from the past, I don't have to do those things anymore. I can actually do the right thing. I can be a good Christian. I can be somebody who serves God. Yeah, I mess up sometimes. Sometimes I yield my members, servants, to unrighteousness, but I don't have to do that. I can be victorious. And the end of what we do is always going to be eternal life. For those, the one who is a believer... Their end is always going to be eternal life. Why? Because the salvation, it's a gift of God. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to maintain it. We don't have to do something to keep it. Jesus Christ did it for us. He just, we just, all we did was accepted a free gift. And so when we're in church today, you know, and as a church, we're not just here about getting people saved in, in church. We do that outside of here. But you know what we are about? We're about trying to help people walk in the Spirit. We're about trying to help people be victorious. And so you know what we do? We get up and we often preach against sin. And we say, hey, we call stuff out. Hey, why are you messing with this? Why are you doing this in your life? These are things we ought to be ashamed of. You don't have to do that sin. You don't have to let these things get victory over you. We're not doing that. We're not telling people to do these things or not do some things so they can go to heaven. We're telling them not to do these things because, hey, we're supposed to be walking in victory. We're supposed to be enjoying this freedom that God gave us. We don't have to be in the bondage of sin anymore. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what teaches us these things. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, it teaches us that we should walk in the newness of life. And if you're saved today, you're guaranteed heaven. But you know what? You're not guaranteed to walk in the newness of life. You're not, you're not guaranteed that you could be somebody who just says, you know what? I'm going to keep yielding my members' service unrighteousness. Well, you know what? You're going to miss out if you do that. Because you know, I like sports. I like playing games. And you, but you know what? I like to win. Even if I'm playing Uno, I like to win. And you know, I've got a philosophy in board games. When you smell defeat, cheat. But you know what? In, in life, 
in life, you can't do that, all right? You know, in, you know, I might be able to get away with it with my kids, but in life, I, I probably shouldn't have said that. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. But we we don't. We can be victory. God gives us the victory. Jesus Christ won the victory. He is the comeback king, and we can be that same way too. So, with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for. Uh, the resurrection and the victory that you won that day on our behalf. And dear God, I pray that you'll help all those in who are believers to recognize, Lord, and to learn from your resurrection. Help them to walk in that newness of life and be able to enjoy the victory uh, that you promised us. And if there's one here that's not saved, Lord, I pray that they will call on you today. Maybe they've been trying to get salvation through their own works and they just keep, they're, they're failing, they're, it's just not working. Help them to realize, Lord, they just need to accept a free gift and trust in You. In Your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go ahead.